those guys are out they're out there i guess frequently like all the time every much, is it every much. week every saturday or sunday or both and <clears throat> i think so wearing their towels yeah their wearing their towels and their wonder woman uh, armor <laughs> their, their bracelets suitable masters for this slave i'll tell you that right now if they decide to if they do indeed follow through on their threat to uh, enslave me and my grandchildren and your wife yeah i mean well, needless to say my wife the thing is, when they said that, I was kind of like, it just, like, normally a threat seems like, like, even if nothing's going to happen, like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're kind of like, oh, shit. Like, you might feel a little scared or. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's like a physiological response. Yeah, or if they're just like, like, you suck and you're, like, you couldn't. I don't, I don't know. Like we whatever could, they say, we could be, right? But the, that they said, like you will one day be our slaves. It, <laughs> it, just, it seems like such a long term thing. Yeah, and it just didn't seem very. Um, you know what it reminded me of? Like, you know when you hear about like some nerdy high school, and they're playing the high school that's like tough but better at sports, and they're like, "Ha ha, you're gonna be our, you're gonna work for us one day." Like that's like their cheer. It kind of almost seemed like some sort of reversal, but even more pathetic because I don't think there's any chance we're gonna be the slaves of those guys on Seventh Avenue. I don't think so either. I mean, especially not uh, in that outfit. I mean, really, that's uh, you have to overcome so much in life in order to become a success. You know, there's all kinds of discrimination if you have uh, less of an education or. You know, wherever you might be from, maybe right. you're not well spoken. Right. But then to walk in and you know, say to a job interview, wearing you know, like you're you're, you're dressed like not even like how wearing I'm a drape, a wearing dra- drapery, <laughs> colorful too. Yeah, not even what you'd imagine that that they actually wore like back in in Bible times or something. Right. But but more like what you would see like in in a children's book about Bible times, right, like a pageant, like some church pageant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Like a church pageant, here are the three kings. Yeah. Uh, it's three kings day. And they're wearing, um, yeah, they're wearing like uh, their mother's towel with a with a little uh, hole cut out for their head and an old uh, drape that mm-hmm. they've like kind of cut with the, um, the, the, you know, the gold braid on the end, sort of like preserved and uh, wearing like plastic shield. That they've spray painted, <laughs> maybe carrying like a a curtain rod as a staff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. Can, can we just tell tell the in case this makes it to the show? Oh, right. Yeah, of course. So, I'm just gonna sort of take take the reins here. Please do. Well, Pat and I were walking down Seventh Avenue after recording uh, the podcast a few weeks ago, and. In New York City, and I think in other places, like Philadelphia probably has this, and I'm sure Chicago. Bethlehem. Bethlehem, yeah. There's these um, these people, and they call themselves the Black Hebrews, or the Black Israelites, or the Israelites. Uh, and they stand out in places like, uh, like 34th Street and 7th Avenue, like a massively trafficked area, right by Madison Square Garden and Macy's and everything. And they read from the Bible. And they have signs that say things like the 12 tribes of Israel, like Levi, Costa Ricans, Hondurans, and Panamanians. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, Very uh, coherent. Yeah. Ephra- Ephraim, or whatever the 12 tribes are. Judah, uh, Liberians, Senegalese, and Ivoirians. You know, so it's basically like all of the um, black and Latino people are the true Jews. Uh, that's their that's their idea, and they stand out and they preach. They had anyway. So when we saw them, they were holding up these signs that say, uh, "God hates faggots and lesbians." Yes. And then I was taking a picture of it, and they got mad. And then Pat took a picture, and we looked later, and they had turned the the sign around, so it no longer said "God hates faggots and lesbians." It said, "The wickedness of the white man." Yeah. Which I showed my my 17 year old and she said well that must be their pc message (laughs) (laughs) just a racially judgmental quip yeah nothing i'm hateful about gays and lesbians um yeah so pat and i kind of gotten a little uh little skirmish i mean we were just yelling at yeah they were yelling at at me for taking a picture yeah they 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 were like uh no pictures and and they've done that to me before while i was taking a picture no pictures you know the guy and they and they step up but they don't. They don't like uh, try to knock the camera out of your hand or anything. They just kind of step up and stare at you and look mean, which probably works on about nine out of ten white people. Sure, but not on you. Not on me. You're like, this isn't your house. This <laughs> is your. What are you talking about? It's not your house. They're, okay, fine. And then they flip the sign. I guess that's yeah. why they did that. And, and I, I was coming in too late for my photo. That's okay. Um, yeah, it was funny. And then they got kind of. Um, they were like, "That's okay." Because you know what? You're going to be our slaves. You're going to be our slaves one day. Damn. See, I like the Jews I'm already working for. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, so I said to the guy, I, I mean, well, you were there, but I said, um, well, that's good because I, I always wanted my king to wear a tea towel. Because <laughs> they were like, we will be your kings. Yes, we, we will be. be yeah. Of your wife and your mother mm-hmm. and your children. Grandchildren. I think he's mentioned both grandchildren and grandmother. Oh, wow. That, that, that he was going to somehow enslave my grandmother. Well, going back and forward, I guess. I, I don't know. It's uh, what, what do you suppose they mean by that? Um, well, I don't know. You know the Zodiac Killer? The guy out in San Francisco in like the 60s who killed all those people? He was never caught. He was never caught. But in his notes, he would say... He was collecting slaves for the afterlife, mm-hmm. which always seemed like, I mean, that that's amazing foresight. It's really looking ahead, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you're harvesting all these souls, and everyone you kill will um, serve you in hell, I suppose, or, it, or wherever. You need slaves in the <laughs> afterlife. You're going to be, you know. You Gotta have them. They're going to carry your bags. <laughs> right. And. Uh, I guess you can take it with you, according to the Zodiac. You can take your slaves with you. You, take, so you sort of prearrange all slavery arrangement. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. And, and I don't know if slavery is even necessarily wrong in the afterlife. It might be something. I mean, it's we. I assume there's a whole different set of rules. What do your slaves do while they're waiting for you to join them in the afterlife? Like, like, play cards, you, nap. You, you could kill them, and then 30 years later... You get down there. You're like, oh, finally. You, you guys got, got everything set for me? I, I, I wanted I wanted um, a cold glass of orange juice. <laughs> They're probably looking at their watches, rolling their eyes. You know, 
assuming if they're slaves, they might be shiftless too. So they might be just, you know, I don't know. They they have a lot of they have some time. Of course, they say this lifetime this lifetime is a blink of an eye. Oh cosmically. My. Yeah, so, I know. So once you're there, it probably doesn't seem like as long as as you know however right, much right, longer right. you have to where's wait. my 30, master oh there he is 30 years is 30 minutes and and uh but you know i'd like to know what you do with your slaves here i mean what what does he and what what sort of a slave does he think i'm going to be you'll go to um the dykeman houses like the public housing complex where he lives mm-hmm. and you will uh make it spotless <laughs> you will clean up I like that, like, even though he has slaves at this point and runs the world, he still lives in the Dykeman houses. <laughs> well, you know, that's where he lives. That's his That's his castle. Maybe we should have asked him, like, what would you like us to do, Master? Just to see what they say. I, I don't even think they could, like, come up with anything. Probably, like, get me a pretzel. <laughs> it's right across the street. Get me a Snapple. All right, and bring me the chain, bitch. <laughs> well, it seemed like... If they are planning to be the masters of the world, I'm not sure they're off to a great start. But they're going to have to put in more than a few hours on the weekends, that's for sure. Just standing on the corner, like, barking Bible passages. You know, as if they're trying to bark them in for comedy. There's people out there, do you like stand-up comedy? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure, sure. Do you sure. like being a slave? you like rap music? <laughs> do you want to be my slave? <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Well, of course, it, it, it occurred to us, being uh, the guys we are, that we what if white guys actually held up a sign that said, God hates faggots and lesbians. And on the other side, it said the wickedness of the black men. Yeah, <laughs> the black men. I think we would be in a, a world of hurt. I think we would be in a lot of trouble if we stood out there preaching um, homophobia on 34th Street and 7th Avenue. Yeah, it's, a, it's not as if it's a... Uh, some sort of like a homophobic uh, safe space there or something. It's, uh, no. It's certainly widely trafficked by everybody in the world. Yeah. Um, right now, as you hear our voices, you, there's a, about a 7 out of 10 chance that you're actually there right now. Oh, sure. That's, That's Yes, the 34th and 7th. Most, right. Most people in the world right now are, are at crossing 34th through there. Yeah. Um, I think that if any group of white people were standing there preaching genocidal homophobic hate that it would have attracted some attention from the the press from From the the, press from the media from the from the political class from the uh, advocates the universities i don't think they would get it past the way the black israelites do and i wonder why is it because they're like hey man don't fuck with them we want we, we want to be in the house not in the field when the time comes you know, oh. I mean, like they're trying to butter them right. up. They want to be like they want to have like the good, the good jobs. Yes, the cushy jobs. Right, working out on the porch, pouring lemonade. Well, I was talking to somebody about this, and they were saying, "Oh God, Seth, listen, yeah, okay, these guys are ridiculous, but at the same time, you have to consider the long history of racism, and it's a very complicated thing." And I said, "Hold on a minute. So you're you're basically giving these guys a pass." And saying, like, what do you expect from them? That's the arg- that argument is so much more like rac- ra- racially condescending and basically racist than mm. my perspective, which is like, 
why should anybody be allowed you know i mean they're just like us and in, in your in your mind yeah i mean in in, in your in in your like the, the the paradigm of thinking yeah i'm not gonna like say like oh well come on I mean, because basically the liberal attitude is like to point out that these guys are insane like vitriolic lunatic idiots it's embarrassing it's like yeah okay we know that they're that they're weird and stupid but why point it out it's an embarrassment or why call them out why, why hold them call accountable them yes exactly it's like if you were to, you know what it's like going to the to them it's like if i were to go to the special olympics and say ha ha he's not very fast <laughs> plus he hates gays yeah but it i don't view it that way i'm i'm taking these people at their word. Yes, yeah, exactly. We're on a level playing ground in terms of intellect, in terms of... Uh, That's right. I mean, like, you know, legally, if, if, if so long as we're all above, what, 80 or something like that, then you're, you think for yourself. You do for yourself. You're not... You know, nobody gets out of a murder because they were kind of stupid. But, you know, if you're retarded, then you get the well, special yeah. pass that you can maybe kill somebody. But those guys are not mentally retarded. Actually, I don't really know if mentally... Do mentally retarded people... It's not automatic. No, it's not. But uh, I mean, and, and there's I, there's so many different kinds of retarded. I guess that they it, it depends case by case. I, I mean, guess. I don't think these guys are retarded at, not all. at all. No, that's what I mean. They're that's why I was saying in terms of intellect, like you might have an higher higher IQ than all of them, uh, but you know we are all of a level of IQ yeah, yeah, that yeah. is like where we're judged equally by the law. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and and not only that, but you know, hey, we're all. It doesn't citizens of the world and all that shit. You know what I mean? Like we right. uh, we have the same rights. We have the same responsibilities. Yeah, and if we, whether or not we have the same privilege, you know, uh, that's uh, it depends on where you're at. You know, privilege is relative to wherever you happen to be. You know, if you're in, if you're in line at the DMV and the person that is sitting across from you uh, who can do something for you in moving forward with your I don't know license renewal or whatever you're trying to do. It happens to be somebody who's not particularly sympathetic to uh, white privilege, right? Then, then your white privilege doesn't exist. Doesn't you know? really. It kind of is a. Um, it's a white detriment. It's a detriment. It's a white, uh, a white curse. Well, as I recall, when we were walking away from these guys, you made the comment like, "Well, we're already their slaves. What are they talking about?" <laughs> Yeah, in a sense. In know. a sense, in a sense. Who knows? I'm not ever trying to get a job anyway. Just forget what I just said, because that, that even even to just imagine that makes me tired. I hate it. Not having a job is great. How long have you ever gone without having a job? Oh, a while. <laughs> and it's, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's, um, there's there's a great pleasure, a great satisfaction to, um, to not work and and i work for myself i work uh, as a comedian and i guess that makes me like an independent contractor or something like that but i yeah. don't have a direct boss i don't have to show up anywhere i think that's the that's kind of key not having to show up you know when you go someplace and they tell you what to do you know it's like school sitting in a cubicle and moving data around or i don't even know what phone. that means oh really. it's so awful all i know is we're really just killing time until we become slaves, you know, and that's when we can just, you know, punch out as far as like all this trying goes. You it's know? kind of true. Yeah. I mean, when we are completely enslaved by, I mean, look, if they're going to make me a slave, they better get on it. I got, well, I got another 15, 20 years max. I know. And you know what? But here's the thing. Once there are slaves, 
they're going to see that there's, it's not all, it's not all roses being a master. They're going to be responsible for us. Yeah. Where's my goddamn food? Yeah, we're hungry. We're hungry. And we're trying Hello? to escape later, probably. Yeah, they're going to have you know. They're going to have to feed us. They're going to have to clothe us. They're going to have to give us shelter. Keep an eye on us at all times. Yeah, they're going to have to be somewhat paternalistic. I mean, mm-hmm. if they want their slaves to work and be relatively at content. Yeah, we have to be sort of willing to do the job. They're going to have to take up the black man's burden. Good luck with that. <laughs> I'm sure they have something, something much more violent and whip-cracking in mind. Yeah, you may be From right. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. The Post reports a story of an off-duty NYPD officer who wanted to buy some chocolate but was turned away. Officer Amanda Villafane went to the Stamford, Connecticut store with uh, 32-year-old Christopher Salvador and her mother. Around 6 p.m. last Sunday, she was turned away. Uh, according to Stamford Police Sergeant Brian Butler, they were told the store was closing. They were not happy with that answer. Villafane took off her jacket and started yelling, threatening a clerk at one point, saying, I will knock you the fuck out. Her companion, Salvador, allegedly punched an 18-year-old who was filming the incident. Villafane showed her NYPD credentials and fought with a cop. That made it worse. Sergeant Butler said when they went to arrest her, she didn't want to cooperate, so they had to take her to the ground and cuff her. He added that the floor was covered with blood and chocolate. Uh, Villavane was charged with criminal trespassing, disorderly conduct, and interfering with police. Salvador was charged with assault and disorderly conduct. She was suspended without pay, quote, for the good of the department. And like I said, joining me now, uh, Seth Barron. He said, hey, Pat, how are you? I'm all right. It seems to me like cops are, are these days finding their way into the newspapers more and more uh, for stuff that doesn't have to do with the, the job of making arrests. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it is it just us? Have we been focusing a lot on these stories? Because I, I almost feel like it's becoming um, New York City, you know, bad cop report. Well, hey, I mean, if cops are going to, uh, you know, have sex with a girl in the back of a van or something like that. Or, believe me, all these stories are worthy. This is the first one that might not be worthy. I mean, like, it seemed to me like she had a little outburst. Yeah. She wanted her chocolate. She's probably on the rag. I'd say she definitely had her period. I mean, did you watch the video? It doesn't seem that bad. She just a little bit explosive. I watched it. Why? I have it right here. I mean, it seemed a little uh, over the top. She was, like, freaking out because the store was closed. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you guys like us, we've been married a time or two, so, you know, we know that that's not that unusual. Here's a little video, uh, a little audio, rather, from it. This doesn't look all that, uh, I mean, you know, it's it's poorly filmed as well. Well, it's hard to tell what's going on. Yeah. That that guy's having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Somebody trying to stop the filming. Yeah. Well, (laughs) 
You know, I, I, I can't say that this woman seems like entirely um entirely rational. No. No. No, I would say not rational. I, I think that you're I think that you're right about that. <laughs> But you know that, that it, really, women are not entirely rational. I mean, that's just uh, straight off the top. I'm not. I'm not misogynist. I'm a no, realist. No, no, no. I know. I know. And, and I think that that's yeah. They generally speaking, there, there's a level of irrationality that you can contact far too easily. Right. Do you think that they should let women be police officers? I'm not sure that women should be allowed to leave the house. Really, you know. I mean, like yeah. I, sometimes I think that women being in the world right. is what's wrong with the world. You can always trace it back to some woman, mm-hmm. and uh, and again, that's not a misogynistic attitude. It's just a, it's just an opinion. Uh, I love women. I think they're great. I think that they have sure. uh, they have many you know uh, valid, wonderful attributes. Many wonderful wonderful attributes. I love looking at them. They are they can be lovely. They can be beautiful. They can smell really nice. They can. They can smell so good. And I'm oh. talking about personally and, yeah, and, yeah. and publicly. And when they smile lights up a room sometimes you know it just makes you feel it, you know sometimes the woman in them it brings out the man in me yeah and what's better than having a woman bring you like like a bowl of hot soup or a stew on a cold rainy day <laughs> and then just leaving <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah. i think that uh, this woman here looks like she's worked out she looks like she's in pretty good shape i mean i guess that's good she's she's the kind of cop who uh you know, could take someone down. I feel as if she could. I feel as if she was a valuable. She's an eleven-year veteran or twelve-year veteran. She was. A, she started in in ninety-five wow. or two thousand. Excuse me, two thousand five. Okay. So she's. Uh, well, she's, you know she's made it this far. She's made it this far, and now I guess uh, she's suspended without pay. That's a. Uh, it seems like they uh, <laughs> they acted on that more quickly than they did. In, in some of these sexual assault cases. Yeah, that's true. And uh, it, but you know the it, with the video in the Bronx case we talked about last week, they had that. So well, yeah. who knows what's going on anymore? I'm not trying to attack the cops. I think that the, the cops are necessarily going to end up on New York City crime report because uh, they, that's we're talking about crimes when they commit crimes. Yeah. It's, uh, maybe it's maybe that's what it is. Normally, this outburst. Yeah. If you don't attribute it to some sort of a profession or something, who, right. somebody who you think is not supposed to be doing that, right. it's nothing. You wouldn't even hear about it. Yeah, look at what happens in a McDonald's, a bunch of kids, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah, they yeah, just yeah, like yeah. Have ransack them. No, place. you're right. The fact that it's a cop. And you know what? We're not biased. We're just calling balls and strikes here. As we are in this one here. <laughs> the New York City Crime Report's coverage of the prosecution of Seth's ex-girlfriend. Seth's ex. Seth's ex. Now it's five years after the sensational "Love Gone Wrong" attempted murder, in which not uh, of me, not oh, no, of me, of course not, no. In one man, although, you know, who knows? It could have been you. It, it could have been you. You were so close. You were very close to the flame. Well, it could have been me. What as the attempted murderer or the attempted murderee? If you had got her pregnant, and then uh, had a kid with her, and then done whatever this guy oh, yeah. did in terms of. <laughs> I, you you dodged a real bullet on this one, and a sledgehammer, and a knife. I think I think you may be right. You know, it, it was bound to happen sooner or later with her and somebody. Well, let me just say, I want to give an update. If uh, that's true, allegedly. Yeah. Well, because last week we were talking about this case. 
Yes, we're talking, of course, about the uh, a psychiatrist who uh, ordered uh, another one, another psychiatrist to be um, bludgeoned to death. He was not bludgeoned to death uh, and was not stabbed to death. However, he was stabbed and hit with a sledgehammer by her cousin. It appears. It, it, allegedly. Uh, although he's already been convicted and he's doing 10 years. And so it, it was at her behest. And this is Seth's ex, uh, Dr. Pamela Bookbinder. Yeah. Um, now, last time we talked about this, I, I was saying, you know, look, I... I'm reserving judgment. I want to hear what the prosecution has to say. Um, I've heard Pamela's side of this story, and I said she has a plausible account. Um, however, my faith in her credibility was somewhat shaken when uh, I was reading the DA's press release uh, about her indictment, where he said that... Um, in addition to buying a sledgehammer the night before the uh, attack, uh, she also bought zip ties, latex gloves, and industrial strength bleach. <laughs> yeah, I see why that would change her opinion. So, you know, she never mentioned any of that to me. She never mentioned, oh, yes, we also bought zip ties. Because we needed to tie some shit up. <laughs> I mean, uh... Right. I mean, come on. Yeah. Zip ties... To me, you know, I I was thinking it's funny because like there's a game I've seen on the internet. People saying like, "What are three objects you can buy that will make the cashier at Walmart or wherever mm. like kind of you know be taken aback?" People yes. will be like, "Oh, uh, duct tape, rope, and lube, mm -hmm. like this type of thing." Lube tends to be one of them. L lube is often one of them, or like. Diapers, baby laxative, and uh, X. Seth's X. Whatever. And some stay hard, yeah. Sure. Um, so I was thinking like a sledgehammer, zip ties, and latex gloves. That's kind of like, should set off some kind of, uh, mm -hmm. some, some bells. Yeah, if we were playing the uh, murder slot machine, uh, those three things come up. You win yeah, the jackpot. Ding, ding. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, well done. Everything but the, uh, well, I guess the there was no murder weapon, but there was the attempted murder weapon, the sledgehammer and the knife, and the knife uh, supposedly came from her um, collection of knives, I guess. But uh, I he guess says, so. no, it's like, look, uh, I, I always go to uh, the, the shortest distance between two things or mm -hmm. whatever. I mean, logically, yeah, she, she did this. Uh, her bipolar cousin, Jacob Nolan, is the one who attempted to carry it out, and uh, she first marched the teen to Home Depot in Chelsea to buy the sledgehammer. Marched him there. Is that what it says? Yeah, first marching. Prosecutor said Bookbinder manipulated her young bipolar cousin, Jacob Nolan, into carrying out the intended hit. First marching the teen to the Home Depot in Chelsea to buy the sledgehammer. I'm not a fan of charged verbs, though, in, in news reporting, although they're right. very interesting, and they make you remember the story. I don't think that they're appropriate when they do, uh, you know, uh, that very thing. You know, mm -hmm. make you sort of make a sure. judgment. Yeah. yeah, they're sort of leading you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're trying to flatten a story out, you know, as in when they say, you know, Antifa and, uh, you know, say the police clashed. Right. You know, well, I know. What do you mean they clashed? Right. It's not <laughs> it's like a, the police were uh, going out to find Antifa to like uh, them down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, so they clashed. All right. right. Well, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. With the the current uh, update. She pleaded not guilty in uh, in the in the case in the in the attempted murder. Uh, she pleaded not guilty to the attempted murder of her ex lover, fellow shrink Michael Weiss. Was ordered uh, held without bail. As we said, now uh, she did. We have a quote from her. She said, "I'm innocent." A thin, 
haggard-looking bookbinder told reporters as detectives led her handcuffed through a public hallway and into the courtroom. I'm innocent, hmm. she said. Uh, so that that's uh, that's her that's her take on it. She's well, innocent. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what happens. We'll see what happens. I suppose it'll be <laughs> decided. The body of an upper Manhattan woman was discovered murdered in her fifth floor Washington Heights apartment after being fatally stabbed and beaten by a dumbbell. Her longtime boyfriend was taken into custody after being found in the home with slash wounds to his wrists and well-defined pecs. 63-year-old Claudina Cruz had multiple stab wounds to her torso and trauma to her head inside her home at 25 Dongan Place. Police were there for a wellness check, which she failed. <laughs> uh, now, it's actually a common law husband here. Oh. That is the way she's referred to in this particular article. I believe it's DNA Info. Okay. 59-year-old guy. Uh, and now they're not reporting his name because he hasn't been formally charged as of Wednesday or wasn't as of Wednesday. Oh. It was tre- he was also treated at Columbia Presbyterian and uh, is, was listed in stable condition. Cruz was pronounced dead at the scene. She was, she was on she was uh, dead in the scene condition. Mm-hmm. That's where she was. Now, um, investigators uh, recovered a bloody knife and a dumbbell at the scene. It's unclear if there was any history of domestic abuse or if the guy lived in the apartment. Uh, the neighbors said they lived together and that they never seemed to have any issues. Why was there a wellness check going on? Is she like um? She's sixty five. Mm, yeah, uh, but that's okay. not really old enough for a. Uh, necessarily to do a wellness check. Oh, excuse me. She's 63, I just said. Yeah, 63. I, I wouldn't think. And maybe she didn't show up for work. Uh, sometimes uh, that's what it is. Or someone calls and they're like, where is she? A family member was expecting her over or uh, she's not answering her phone and, and her sister's called 15 times. And mm-hmm. They'll uh, maybe come over and do a wellness check. Usually yeah. wellness check is for like when there's a uh, an elderly person and mm-hmm. they're starting to stink. Okay. And it's a, isn't it? I mean, that's what, what yes. it usually goes. You know, like, oh, we need to check this out. Yeah. Uh, maybe somebody's dead. Well, maybe that was what it was, too. Right. Uh, she might have been stinking the joint up. A uh, 65-year-old Brigida Santa said they are a nice couple. I don't know what happened. Mm. Now, she uh, was also standing outside when responders brought down the boyfriend whose ankles were cuffed. Santa said his face was swollen like he'd been in a fight, adding that the man drove cabs for a living. Yeah, Dongan Place. I know Dongan Place. It's a really little street. Um, that's not really Washington Heights. No? Where is it? Is it more like uh, Inwood? It's more like Inwood. It's like Dykeman area. But yeah. It depends on if you're buying or selling. <laughs> well, kind of. Investigators continued their investigation and were seen going into the apartment in hazmat suits. Hmm. Well, I, I, there's something about being beaten to death with a dumbbell that... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously not a pleasant idea. You wonder uh, if this, uh, I mean, that, that's something that comes to hand, I guess, as a household item. It's got a lot of weight to it. Sure, you could really get a head of steam going with one of those. Yeah. If you're swinging it at someone's head. Maybe the idea being, too, that, like, you're all, like, pumped up and, and you work out a lot already. So you're, like, really, you know, this is a strong person attacking you. I used to go to the Planet Fitness on Dykeman that was right near right near where this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a scene. I'll tell you. It, to me, it always seemed like what it would be like to work out in a prison yard because it was like all these like very juiced up, pumped up like Dominican guys. And everybody was very like scrupulously courteous about use of the benches and like. That's nice. Well, it was so packed. 
that you really had to have a, um, you know, you didn't want to get shivved by like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this guy went there or not. Yeah, no, I, 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 maybe he did. Maybe he had his own little private workout. Uh, clearly, too, but, clearly. But he uh, is, really, They. Uh, what do they say nine times out of ten? The, the uh, boyfriend did it. I Man, it's kind of a prejudgment. If the when the woman turns up dead, the first one they're looking for is is the guy that she's been. Well, usually there's a motive. Right? Usually fucking. there's a motive. Usually there's a motive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a motive, which is like, what did she do? Right. To motivate him to kill her. This, who knows? I mean, it probably had something to do with kicking him out. Oh, I think that happens sometimes. Like they're yeah. gonna get kicked out, and they're just like, "Fuck, no, I'm not." I'm, what do you mean? How old? So we don't know anything about him. Fifty-nine. He's oh, 59. fifty. We only know his age, and that he is called her common law husband. I don't even know if common law husband is. It, it seems like it's sort of like citizen's arrest. It doesn't. It's something people say, but it doesn't mean anything no, legally. No, I, I believe it does mean something. Like what? Like that you have rights, or that you have. That you have, uh, I, I think a, it's not a marriage, really. No, but I think you can sue for, um, like if they break up, I think you can sue for to get part of their shit, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Child support, maybe. Well, that child can, support doesn't matter if you're that's if, true, that can just be like a one night stand and you can be on the hook for child Jamal, support. Jamal, you are the father, that kind of stuff, yeah. His face was swollen. His face. Yeah, like he'd been in a fight. Hmm. Who knows what that could mean. I I, I guess, uh, and also his wrists were, were a little bit cut up. Maybe he tried to um, do the unthinkable. <laughs> That's the thing, because murder, you can, you can find forgiveness for that. Yeah. But there's no forgiveness for suicide. If you kill yourself, who whose slave will you be in the afterlife? <laughs> Uh, now, in violent Brooklyn, a teen knocked out a 43-year-old man as the victim stepped out of a Dumbo Shake Shack. And then this, this teen paused to take a selfie with his hapless victim before running away. Oh, that sounds, um, that sounds so quaint. It does. It's, well, he's, he's proud of his work. He thinks it's amusing. There's a war between teens and guys in their 40s. It, it it's seems like it. Yeah, it's I guess so. It's, I think it's real. It really, I, I whenever I see a bunch of teenagers, mm -hmm. I just ball up my fist and get ready to swing, and I just will swing my way through there if I have yeah. to. They crowd around. Now you, they don't even see me yet. That's what's good. Okay, I'm a I'm a type of person they do not even see. I'm invisible to them. Why is that? Well, I'm not really sure. I just am not visible to them. I'm not somebody that they look at. Uh, first of all, I'm not one of them. Right. So they're always very self-involved. Sure. Yammering and chatting and, and squealing up and down the streets. You know how it is around here when you when when the school just gets out in the, yeah. end of the day and you're like, ugh. Right. Just a just a. You're trying to just go to Subway to get a sandwich. Yes. And they're fucking. They're all over. They're all over. They're like tourists, but really loud and comfortable with their surroundings. Yeah, but they don't seem like they um. At least the ones around here don't seem particularly hostile. That's because we're invisible. Uh-huh. But as soon as we're on their radar, 
That's it. But like you get to be some weird old man that they think they can just knock out. Mm. I think that that all these teenagers are just looking for their opportunity to punch one of us. You know, we may look like their assistant principal or something. I'm really dreadful of the years to come. I'm very, very frightened. Are you really? <laughs> I think it's going to be bad here. I think it's going to be bad. Well, you know what I bought the other day? Some mace. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize this, but there's a drugstore on 40th Street that was that has it in the front window. And I was like, that's odd. I thought it was illegal or something. Well, I looked it up. Apparently in New York City, it can be sold, but only by uh, gun dealers and pharmacies. <laughs> really? Gun dealers and pharmacies? Yeah, and you're supposed to sign for it or something, but they didn't make me sign anything. You know what's odd? Mandy just bought mace also. No kidding. That That's a trend. Where did she buy it? That I don't know. She just came up and said, look, I got some mace. It's on her keychain. So don't fuck with her. But I wonder what, what, what you know, sort of caused her to do that. I wonder why. I mean, does she feel, I wonder if she feels less safe lately. I mean, she doesn't leave very much. It's um, like she's not, you know, home invasion, you know, is, is about the only way anybody's going to get her. <laughs> Well, that could happen, too. That can happen, too, and she'll be armed. I was going to take a flight the next nice. day, and so it was a joke. I said to a friend, like, yeah, I got this for the um, for the airplane. <laughs> and they were like, are you allowed to bring that on board? And I said, I don't know, but I'm, I need it to defend myself when they try to take it away from me. <laughs> this sounds like something that, that like, uh, one of the Marx Brothers would say, or, or like uh, Laurel and Hardy. Sure, sure, sure. I need it. <laughs> To protect myself. <laughs> hey, now also, I, you know what I saw down the street? What? And, uh, it was on, I think, 7th Avenue here, one of these like markets. They have uh, Rush. Oh, like uh, Poppers? Except it's just in a yeah in a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Poppers were like in uh, a capsule form, right? Well, originally, yeah. Poppers were like in a little um, ampule. And then you would bite into it. Well, you would snap it, and then it would... Uh, the. Oh. The the fumes would wake you up from your vapors or whatever. Wake you up, and 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 you would get a dick in the ass right around then. It was like a gay drug. Well, originally it was meant for people who are like fainting or like having like heart palpitations, and it would be like, oh, okay, now I'm okay. <laughs> well, I I remember it from uh, school when we would just huff it. Sure. It's something, you, it's an inhalant. It's, it's, it's an inhalant. strictly made to get high with. It's yes. called Rush. And it's labeled on there, you know, Rush is on there and everything. And then it's like written on there, it says uh, fingernail polish remover. Sure. That's what it really is. It, it used to say um, videotape cleaner. <laughs> videotape cleaner. Well, look, look, at the, look at the neighborhood we're in, Pat. We're in a very gay neighborhood, you and I. We are? You hadn't noticed that? Yeah, I knew we were. But I mean, it's all—it's Manhattan. Manhattan is a gay neighborhood, basically, uh, between 125th and oh, I mean, I, I everything would, south. I, I of would say everything Street. south of 215th Street. <laughs> Maybe you'd be right. Well, it's all look the whole fucking yeah. It's, it's supposed to be a gay neighborhood, but it's you know what? For a gay neighborhood, they're not really doing a very good job of keeping it neat and cute. Mm. Say that right now. This the neighborhood we're in is falling apart. Well, uh, you know, gays. There's a certain degeneracy to it, and this is like. We're kind of in like the rough trade area. Oh, like look, look on Eighth Avenue. All like the hustlers out there every night. Like we're really 
basically in one of the sleaziest, like one of the, like all the, I don't know if anybody out there is really has a lot of uh, nostalgia for the gritty old days of New York City, like in that movie, The Deuce. <laughs> yeah, The Deuce, the the, the uh, series. Yeah. Which has, a, like, if you can, to me, if you can stomach uh, James Franco playing a dual role, then you can stomach anything <laughs> you're going to find on 8th Avenue. Right. Um, yeah, well, that that's alive and well on 8th Avenue, just on one block, like between 20th and 21st, 21st, like right around there, right where all those sex shops are. And yeah. at night, I mean, it's just like, Packed with hustlers and tr- trannies and uh, tranny like, hustlers, tranny hustlers, degenerate guys like cruising. Like I was walking down the street with my wife the other day from the grocery store, and there's this little old guy. The, yeah, and all these hustlers are like, "Hey, Seth." <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's this guy who walks around, and he's always walking around. And I was like, "Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's always like cruising." And she's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "He's looking for like a dick to suck." She's like, ew. And I was like, I mean, what do you think gay people do? <laughs> they look around for people to have sex with that they don't know. <sighs> I mean, I'm not trying to be rude. I mean, there's sure there's gay people who don't do that. Yeah, but she just had to have that clarified for her thinking that, you know, that, that that's not gay people. I guess uh, their um, what do you call it? A way of their romantic life is not as quite like uh, that of uh, heterosexuals right it's well it's just different. you know it's it's i think on average it's probably substantially different mm. i think on average like gay people have sex like about they probably have like 50 times the number of sex partners that like straight guys do 50 times like you know on average cumulatively oh right not wow. all at once no 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 <laughs> jesus that would be tough can you imagine somebody having 25 sex partners at once <laughs> That's fifty times my current well, you amount. You know what? I've t- I've talked to people who who've been in those scenes. Yeah, and and it's not that unusual. They just they 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 get right into it. They get down to business, don't they? <sighs> Pretty much. Hmm. So listen, back to this guy who punched the guy in the head. Oh my goodness! In Dumbo, we're talking about right outside of a Shake Shack. So this is probably what they call the knockout game. Yes, they uh, police are. Uh, are investigating it that way. It might be investigators. They weren't sure if the attack was part of a pattern of knockout game assaults. Well, I'm really into that they call it the knockout game. Yeah. Because, well, maybe the the people doing it think of it as a game, but I'm not sure why we should all credit it as like some kind of game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not involved in a game. I've never signed on for intramural uh you know, uh, getting punched in the head. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Co-ed getting attacked. It's funny. There's a council member, Laurie Combo, um, Combo, out in uh, Fort Greene. And when she first got elected, like four years ago, and even before she'd been sworn in, there had been a spate of knockout game games out in her her district, and. She wrote this long thing talking about how, well, people feel like that they have been, and and a lot of it had been directed against Jews, the knockout game. And she had this whole thing, well, people out here feel very, uh, you know, like they feel like there's been a lot of gentrification and some people are gaining and they're not. So she was writing this really long, um, basically like this apology for the knockout game and like why, you know, while it's not the right thing to do. We have to understand, 
that people are feeling left out. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty um, knockout game apologists, and she was, and she's a councilwoman. He said, "Yeah, and she's about to be reelected." So, well, she certainly knew how to appeal to her electorate. I guess so. And if, you know what? A fifty-three-year-old woman was recently punched in the face uh, in the Lower East Side after a man walking with two other suspects declared, "I'm going to do it." Before approaching her from behind and hitting her in the, her in the right side of how the face, how brave to hit a woman from behind! Yeah. Really, it is kind of brave. It's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Put a medal on him for valor. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's funny because, like, they. I don't know. Whenever this starts to happen, people are like, well, "Why are we? Why are they doing this? And what?" And the guy I know is like, "I know why they're doing it. They're doing it for fun." I mean, it's self-evident, isn't it? There's no other reason to do it. They're motive. They're motivated by wanting to do it. Basically, <laughs> I was like, "Look." If I, I don't know what it would take to get me to actually do it, but it would be fun to punch somebody in the face for no reason. I mean, I'm taking real world out of it. I don't want to hurt anybody. But if it was some kind of a like West World situation, you know, oh, I see, where you get to just like punch somebody in the face and get away with it. I mean, it's it's not that the experience of it, just like shooting somebody, would be fun. You wouldn't do it, but it would be fun. Well, it might be. I don't sure, know. But, Sometimes, well. I mean, it's, it's if you want to do it, we can go out. And I don't I'll videotape, but you. I don't want to. No, but I, I but I think it would be fun. Well, there'd probably be like a rush to it, <laughs> right? You take some rush. You take some rush, you and then someone in the face. Yeah, and you shoot them. Uh, violence is. Look, I mean, I'm not saying that. I have no interest in in com, you know committing a violent crime or anything like that. And I do think that they categorize this incorrectly. I mean, like if we see these, uh, like say a cop uh, in that video a couple of weeks ago, he's punching a guy who's on top of a guy who just stole a bike and is now strangling another cop. <laughs> yeah. He's punching him in the head, right? Uh, you know, and and he's pulling his punches. He's just trying to get him separated. He's not like you know really trying to like, hurt the guy, right? And people are like. No, that's extra. No, man, that's extra. That's first of all, just to fa- his usage there pisses me off. That's extra, and because the guy's not letting go of the guy's neck, right? That's and, true, and and so it's not extra. It's, right. Uh, it, it's it's obviously not even enough. Yeah. And then you know they're actually citizens holding this guy's the cop's arms, trying to restrain the cop because the right. guy to pull him off his partner who who is being strangled. Now, uh, that all is you know looked at as like potentially like i said extra or police brutality or something okay you walk up and punch somebody out of nowhere it's a game it's just a game yeah it's the knockout look game. at that it's just a game he was We're just, just fucking with you he was just playing look <laughs> well in long island a man with a history of animal abuse has been arrested for having sex with multiple horses hmm with a um what kind of horses were they mares uh, or stallions see, or geldings i'm gonna I'm, <laughs> i it might not matter because it depends on which hole you're sticking it in i guess I, he, I don't think he's the one taking a cock because there was a guy who was caught doing that and um i'm sorry there was a guy i believe it was in washington state and he was renting out horse he was letting people do it like come and take be the recipient and this one guy be the recipient this guy died yeah there's a video of it is there like uh, where the uh, horse cock gets pulled out his entrails uh, are all over uh, the place all right i i may not have gone as deep into this as you did but well this is something that i can't remember if i heard it 
or okay. a, or or if I you know like I would think you wouldn't forget if you saw it, but I did not want to see that because there's not a lot that makes me squeamish. That is one of them. To me, like the idea of of just having all your asshole pulled out, <laughs> you know, uh, by a by, by a, a horse's penis by, at the whim, yeah, of of some horse who's ready to like, I guess, I guess presumably he's about to come on the small of my back. <laughs> <laughs> you think they pull out? Yeah, this one did. <laughs> <laughs> well. Tell me, Pat, who was this man? He was Steve Aarons. He's 30 years old, and according to Suffolk County Police, uh, in fact, he already had been ordered to register with the Animal Abuse Offenders Registry. I wasn't even aware that that existed. After beating his family's dog with a baseball bat in 2013. Wow. Probably because he wouldn't put out. I guess. But he failed to register with the group. Uh, he had been ordered to, but he failed to. He, he failed to register with the group, and... Uh, so they decided to check in on him in his Dix Hills home. Okay. He lives in Dix Hills. Got it. Now there he uh discovered a they discovered that Aranti had sexual contact with horses on two separate occasions. I guess the horses how, were talking. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. How did they find this out? Well it's unclear how, how the discovery I mean they went to made. check on him. Mm-hmm. I I assume they didn't find him like with the horses right then. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not multiple horses. They, <laughs> right. they could have spotted him with one, unless it was some sort of a train that was being run. Right. Then maybe. I mean, if, you, if you're having horse threesomes, sure, man, you really love horses. You are... I don't know how you would coax the horses into it. Some oats, maybe? <laughs> Sugar cubes and but carrots. It's, it says it's unclear how such a discovery was made, but police did say that the incidents took place August August 25th and September 4th at a stable in Dix Hills. So they've got it down to location and date. But, uh, I mean, obviously it's not unclear. I don't, that's not unclear to me, even though they say it is. It's like obviously we, obviously there were videos that, yeah. they, that the guy had, and they, they must have uh, on, their, on their little, on their check, when they go to check in, apparently when, you, when you're when you ordered to register as an animal abuse uh, offender and get yeah. on the registry, you uh, probably give up a lot of rights, and then, then maybe uh, hmm. maybe then they're able to just go, well, let's see your hard drive, and let's see your computer, you know? I, I guess mean, so. Otherwise, uh, then I don't, I mean, I don't know how, he wouldn't voluntarily just well, say, check it out. Well, he because he hadn't registered, he, they probably like had like got. There's probably a warrant. They probably got a warrant to search all his stuff, right? Um, well, this is Suffolk County too, so oh boy, they 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 might step over a boundary here and there in Suffolk. It's County. like the 1920s out there. Well, Suffolk County was, of course, the um, where former police chief um, James Burke is now. You know, he was arrested after. Uh, I guess he got a, he went a little nuts on a suspect who uh, had allegedly stolen a duffel bag that had like a lot of uh, things in it, like dildos and oh. and some porn and stuff like that. Oh. And so James Burke just snapped as he was questioning the guy because the guy was taunting him. He was some junkie. He had like a $100 a day uh, heroin habit. And so they tied the guy down, and uh, the guy was still taunting him. So he just worked him over real good 
and then tried to swear everybody to secrecy and he tried the DA got involved the DA just stepped down because he he looks like he's going he's charged actually with oh. this Uh-oh. so uh, it it turned into a big scandal and even now in lockup James Burke has been in trouble for being involved with some kind of a drug situation <laughs> no kidding i think James Burke and and look this is just we're back on the subject of bad cops again hey look balls and strikes balls and strikes (laughs) balls and strikes he uh i think now again just speculation i have no idea let's just say that uh i think it's possible that james burke could be the long island serial killer is there a long island serial killer well there's i mean there's uh yeah, at least one, if not two. They some people say two because the bodies there's bodies out there that are disposed of like out on a Gilgo Beach or Gilgo Beach. How did I not hear? About, I mean, I, I there was one out in Atlantic City, right? Like in the Pine Barrens. Uh, this one is, uh, yeah, I, I don't know about that, but there's the one that I'm talking about. Uh, the bodies started turning up around 2012 2011 who are the who are the people are they women yeah and a lot of them are craigslist hookers oh you know what and they're buried in the same area and 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 disposed of in the same way how many women like 10 good god yeah and and one of them was is is actually considered to be a separate investigation for some reason they were looking for her body before it was by searching for her body that they discovered all these other bodies. They think huh. that she just led them to it accidentally. BC, she wasn't cut up and she wasn't murdered. She she seems to have been terrified by something, ran out of one of the nearby houses and drowned in the swamp or something. It looks like. This sounds know. really uh sounds really grisly. It's very grisly. And so y- you think that the it's possible. police chief James Burke of of what town was he the police chief? Well, it's in Suffolk County, and I don't know the. Uh, I think he's the Suffolk County police chief. Do they? Is that the way it works out there? Well, like a county police chief. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and he. Uh, you know, and I, I don't have any reason to say but, that exactly, right, right. except that like there there are some connections that I read about him before. I can't remember where they are now. I could have sworn it was something you wrote, actually. Was it not something you wrote? I would doubt it, because I... Some guy similar to you. So. I've written nothing about Suffolk County. I never heard about this guy, mm-hmm. and I know nothing about the, the murders. I'm, I'm still pretty sure it was you, though. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> no, I'm the ser- maybe I'm the serial killer. You would never serial kill. You may serial kill. I may mass kill. <laughs> mass killing is so much easier. And serial killing you don't you only have to get away with it once and you usually don't get away you with don't it. get away with it never get away with it well anyway look uh let's uh, back to this horse okay so uh, it, it was at the stable at a stable in in dick's hills hey if, if you're gonna get fucked uh and you're a horse what better place than a stable in dick's hills i feel like so many jokes are left on the table here now but but those are easy jokes pat yeah exactly i'm a big fan of low-hanging fruit all right well he's been charged with two counts of sexual misconduct with an animal and failure to register for the animal abuse offenders registry he was due in court uh thursday how about this though why video it when you're fucking a horse i guess i mean you're trying to make money or just like you want to have fond memories i think he just wanted to have um he just wanted to have proof for himself show it to other horses as like an example yeah here's what you do (laughs) 
Here's what I'm going to do now. It's a training video. Right. Okay. I'll, now, now, okay. Now you do me. <laughs> and getting really upset. Like, come on. Police are looking for a man seen masturbating twice on subways in the city in the last month. Authorities say a 32-year-old man riding a southbound A train at 14th Street, October 11th. That's right. That's right near us. Reported seeing the suspect masturbating on the train. Huh. Uh, less than two weeks earlier, a 34-year-old woman had seen the suspect masturbating on a northbound E train at 53rd Street during the height of the morning rush. Apparently, it wasn't the rush for him. No, he was, uh, taking his time, I guess. He, uh, he wasn't trying to get to work at an office someplace in Midtown. Hmm, maybe. I don't think so. Probably not. No injuries were reported in either of the cases. Well, I should hope not. <laughs> Police released a photo of the suspect in which he appears to be picking his nose. Okay. The man was last seen wearing a light jacket and blue jeans and is believed to be about 50 to 60 years old. It's six feet tall and 200 to 250 pounds. That's a pretty wide weight range. Yeah, I think he he must have been coated up. Oh, okay. Do they say anything? I think it's weird when they are describing someone and they're like, yes, uh, he was a man. He was between 40 and 50. And he was wearing jeans. Skin tone would be helpful. Skin tone might help, yeah. I, I guess mean, not to be not to be rude about it, but just for the purposes of identification. Well, and that's the whole thing. The we all know this. It, they changed this a while back. It's a change that's come ac- that's come around because if you watch uh, Bowling for Columbine, I think it was. Yeah. Was that the one where, where they're talking like they black man, black man, black man, and they're like they're trying to make us more afraid of crime and black men. It seems to me like, like you were saying before, balls and strikes. It's yeah. like it's, it's if it's if it happened, it's news. If that's a situation, it's news. If if uh, you're providing a description to somebody and if if you want them to you know be recognized, race is a big deal. Race is a big identifier. Yeah, it I mean, separates us into a lot of categories. There. Call the police sometime. The first thing they'll say is uh, white, black, or Hispanic. Like that, they're not. Like male black, male white. They're not going to um, pussyfoot around. Yeah. So what's the deal with the news? They're pussyfooting. Yeah, they don't want to get um called out. Yeah, I don't get it. How is it racist if, <laughs> to say, to describe a suspect according to their their fucking ethnicity? Yeah, I don't know. Well, what what is this guy? Or background. Uh, I'm not looking at a photo of the guy. Oh, you're intentionally not going to look because you don't want to be prejudiced? Well, I don't have the internet here uh, where we oh, currently sit. I didn't. But uh, here's the link. I wish I could. Well, you'll have to type it in. Yeah, let me give you the. Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's really black. Remember. I think he's black. Actually. Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I, I, I seem to remember seeing a picture and he was black. Uh, it's the nose picking part that makes that makes it so, you know, kind of like even worse. A Why? nose-picking masturbator is so much grosser. No, I, I think that picking a nose is one of the most vulgar-looking, and uh, to do it in front of somebody is, is one of the most disrespectful things. You know how sometimes, like, yeah, you fart in front of somebody, that you, you're friends with them or whatever, you know, you fart, but to pick your nose in front of somebody, I don't, I don't think there's a level of intimacy there. That, it's interesting because the newspapers all call it Nose-picking masturbator terrorizes NYC subway riders. Nose-picking perv terrorizing New York subway commuters by performing sex act. Um, is it really terrorism? 
<laughs> He's a domestic terrorist. I mean, it's certainly unappealing. Yeah, terror terrorizing. I guess is is uh, taken to. It's not to be taken literally there. I guess okay. I don't think any people actually fled in terror. The nose picking part is what they really want to emphasize because you know subway masturbators are a dime a dozen. You got to have a hook. Right, right. If you want to stand out, if you want to make, if you want to make the Daily Mail, if you want to make a mark, you've got to um, in the world of subway you masturbating, do, you have to do two things. Maybe they should call it the masturbating game. <laughs> The subway masturbation game. Yeah. I don't see why not. Well, uh, how about de Blasio? He's really in a fix, isn't he? I don't think it's going to touch him. Um, no, it, does, it doesn't seem like he's going to um, be he affected could, by he, it. He could serve out his second term in, in prison. Nobody would care. He, I, know, I just yeah. don't get it. I don't understand why he gets such a big pass. This guy, Jonah uh, Reichnitz? Is that how he's, how Reichnitz, yeah. Reichnitz, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's from L.A., uh, self-made, uh, cash-powered uh, mocker. What's a mocker? Like someone who gets things done. If you want VIP access to the New York City Marathon or the uh, or the Times Square New Year's Eve ball drop, you could call Jonah. Yeah, and he'll get he'll fix you up. Jonah had uh, hi- friends in high places. Friends with uh, he he had uh, the mayor on speed dial there. Not that speed dial's a thing anymore, but he had him He had him in his cell phone, and he would call his personal cell phone, mm-hmm. email him at his personal address. He got all kinds of things done, and he would pay him money. And and, and it seems as if proof of uh, the, at least enough to charge him with some kind of pay-for-play would be the fact that he says, I wouldn't give him money unless I was seeing results. Well, I think it's pretty clear that the only reason people give politicians money is for access. Yeah. And so when you say, but, but to say it that clearly, it connects it to them, not, not only access, but action. Yeah, like getting stuff done. Yes, yeah, like say... Uh, well, what's funny about this case, though, is so de Blasio says, I don't have no idea. He's like, look, I met the guy once. I was not close to him. I barely knew him. He's a horrible human being. He's disgusting. However, there appears to be emails between Jonah Reichnitz and de Blasio where, because... Um, this all came out because there's currently a bribery case involving the head of the corrections union. The former head, Leroy Seabrooks. No, no, uh, Norman Seabrook. Oh, Norman. Right. Norman Seabrook. Yeah, oh, it's you. funny because there's a Larry Seabrook, also of the Bronx, who I think they might be related, a councilman who, um, who went to jail too. Um, but Norman Seabrook was the very powerful head of the corrections union, and there's a corruption trial and Jonah Reichnitz apparently would like you know pay him off for various things and de Blasio had asked Jonah Reichnitz to calm Norman Seabrook down about something I see. and there's an email from Jonah Reichnitz to de Blasio saying Norman calmed or Norman cooled or something like He's that the Norman whisperer yeah um de Blasio's like well I don't know what that was about that could have been about you know who knows what that was about well, uh, his direct testimony is expected to conclude Monday morning, after which Seabrook's defense team will get a crack. Great. But uh, he, he told, uh, in testimony, he said, I was the yes man. He told jurors uh, of his generosity to de Blasio's top fundraising aide, or that's uh, Ross Offinger. Yeah. He said, I always gave money as long as I was seeing him produce results. He gave a lot of money to this campaign to 
reelect senators or to elect uh, the the Senate campaign committee up there in yeah. the upstate. Yeah, uh, De Blasio wanted to um, filter money through to the uh, state Senate campaigns, and they had a whole scheme set up to well, to turn the state Senate Democrat. Oh, right, right. Here's the thing: um, Preet Bharara was the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, and he was investigating De Blasio very vigorously. And then one day. He was fired by President Trump. Very strange. Who fired all of the, almost all of the U.S. attorneys. And the same day, the new acting U.S. attorney and Cy Vance, the DA of Manhattan, announced that they were dropping their investigations into de Blasio. Um, And they said, listen, I mean, obviously there was stuff that went on that appears to have violated the spirit of the law, but whatever. So they just. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, it was really almost like that. Pretty much. Now, my take on this is that Trump and de Blasio have a lot of mutual friends in the form of uh, Manhattan real estate billionaires. And I kind of get the feeling that some of these guys were like, you know what? We don't really need a federal case with de Blasio and all of our ties to him and everything that goes on being revealed. So maybe some of them talked to Jared Kushner's dad and were like, can you just get this guy off our, off our backs? Just get, let, let him leave, let him leave de Blasio alone. And Trump was like, okay, fine. I think Trump kind of saved de Blasio's bacon. Wow. Wow. You would think that de Blasio would be a little appreciative. You'd think so. Stop being such a prick. You'd think so. Stop talking down about him and stuff. Stop talking, stop talking crap. Well, you know, the problem with de Blasio is he... Um, he would look at that as like, oh, well, I was too powerful to yeah, take down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he might see it like that. Yeah. He's not going to have a lot of gratitude. Well, de Blasio is going to be trouble in the future. He's, a, you know, he's the kind of guy who that you cannot hang anything on. He's the worst. Preet Bahara would have gotten him, though. Preet Bahara, he was a great, great uh, guy at that job. Uh, he did no. very well. I think he did very well. Well, look at all of his cases that have been overturned. Really? Like what? Shelley Silver. Uh, Dean Skelos. Both, oh, man. Uh, both of those have been overturned. Crooked. And a bunch of his um, insider trading Wall Street cases overturned. He was able to get the conviction, though. Yeah, but then it's one thing to get a conviction, but will the conviction stick? Well, it, they, yeah, well, not against politicians. Apparently not. Apparently not. He went after a lot of corrupt people. Okay, maybe he wasn't as good as I thought, but he always seemed to me to be like kind of on it and good. Well, I thought so too. I was kind of behind him for a while, and then, no, I'm not. Well, I don't know if I'm- Same as Trump, kind of like how you turned on Trump today? I have never turned on Trump. You've just turned on Trump. No, I didn't turn on Trump. He was in fucking cahoots with de Blasio? I didn't say he was in cahoots with de Blasio. I said, maybe- some real estate billionaire who's a good friend of Trump, he was like, listen, this isn't this isn't going to do anybody any good. Let's just let this... You lie. accuse our president of backdoor shenanigans? I, our president is a deal maker. Yeah, that's right. He makes deals. This is what he's good at. Well, Making deals. Yeah. Yeah, he is good at that. So, he is listen, good at that. And, so, and, and, and so if it works out for de Blasio, then that's just the way it goes. Right, that's, that's how it falls out. Look, Nicole Maliotokas... Yeah. Cast your vote for her if you live in New York City. Just cast it. Because, listen, de Blasio, uh, I, I think in a two-person race, if Bo Deedle would would have uh, not been a part of this, mm. I think that she could have given him a run for his money based on his record, but she doesn't even seem to be trying to really showcase that that much. What percentage do you think de Blasio will win in the general? I think he'll win about... Uh, 
eighty-five percent. Oh, that's that's really you think that high? Yes, that's that's I that's, think that's, so. that's that's horrible. I mean, of the but voters, what what, yeah. what and and what percentage turnout? Well, see, I know that it was very very low, and I think this will be even lower. I think I think about seven hundred people are going to vote. <laughs> A very small number percentage. I I would say I don't know ten to fifteen percent. No, could be. And yeah, and Deedle, you know. As charming and funny and great and, and gregarious and, and all that stuff as he is and fun, he doesn't seem to want to be mayor, in my mind. He doesn't seem to want to. But I know that he'll attract a lot of votes just on name recognition. And Nicole Malitokas or whatever could really siphon a lot of female votes off if she would just go after those female votes. Because if you have somebody who's as corrupt as de Blasio and a female alternative... It almost doesn't matter what her views are on anything. You know, I think that a lot of people vote with their hearts and they would and they would vote in that direction. Can I tell you something funny? Um, so there was like last week, uh, there was some kind of, I don't know, women in politics talk. And um, Christine Quinn, the former New York City Council speaker, uh, two-term speaker, and she really was considered the front runner to be the mayor. Briefly. Briefly. Well, for a while, but she, you know, she lost. She didn't do well. Well, she was at this thing, and she said the other day, she said, Nicole Maliotakis does not use her vagina or her mouth for good. What? Yeah. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Well, so I, I went on Twitter, and I was like, class, you know, I said something like, oh, this is like classic loudmouth vulgarian chris quinn just saying bullshit uh, and then i was like i said this is this has the shape of a witty remark classic chris quinn and has the shape of a witty remark but it's just nonsense uh, and she said not vulgar it, being a woman it, it is not just enough it's about it, using your voice for good it, and being for children and blah 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 she was to use her vagina for blah, children right blah what, uh, just total, total, total nonsense, total I, bullshit. That, using the vagina for good. Yeah. So I said, you know, basically. How is she misusing her vagina? Basically, you're saying that she's not a real woman, and this is what liberal feminists always do. They say, "Well, you're not a real woman if you're if you disagree with me, you're that not could, a woman." Wow. Yeah, but you know what? In New York, she can get away with saying stuff like that. Nobody's going to even blink. No, of course not. They didn't. I didn't even hear about it. Can you imagine if Nicole Maliotakis said, Melissa Mark Viverito should use her vagina for good? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Probably would, probably would go over like a fart in a diving helmet, as they say. Right. But yeah. I, well, uh, well put. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's something uh, about the, uh, it says evil KO ghouls return like a zombie in a Halloween horror flick. The knockout game refuses to die and its latest twisted variation is terrifying New Yorkers. So it's a, 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 a it's a there's a new variation apparently. Uh, there's no point to it. It's crazy. Well said, uh, charisma, charisma Jano Be Baptiste. Okay, uh, as she stood steps away from a man, whereas he was attacked last week in Dumbo. This this is on the Dumbo punching. Mm -hmm. A teen playing the game who then took a selfie with the victim. I guess that's the twist. The innovation is the selfie. Oh, is you with your victim the proof right there on your phone so you can show it to your friends. Uh, he, he was walking out of that uh, Shake Shack and said, it's right there at uh, Old Fulton and Water Streets around 9.15. Well, he got punched. He got clocked. I'm scared, said one Shake Shack employee. What if I'm next? That's what matters. What if this <laughs> What if this guy gets punched? Right. This, uh, and it mentions the 53-year-old uh, uh, East Sider. Her name was... Susan Farina, she was socked as she walked her dog. Last year, a 14-year-old Queens boy was charged with a hate crime 
after he admitted to attacking a Muslim man outside of Muslim. See, if you do it to somebody who's Muslim, it's a hate crime. Right. If you do it to whites, it's a game. It's funny, huh? It's interesting. Yeah. We Look, uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tired of fighting this dumb fight, you know? It's getting a little boring. It's like, yeah, it's it's, it's like every day. Well, I, th- I think that's the idea. They wear, they wear you down. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he was charged with a hate crime. The boy beat his random target so badly. Okay. Well, I guess that's a little bit worse. So badly, <laughs> he required surgery for broken bones in his face. Well, I guess that's I mean, fair. A little more hate involved. It's, uh, it's always nice to have the window open on a rainy day. You know? uh, so it's okay. I like it. How do they? Uh, how do they? How do they get a handle on something like this? It's worrisome. I'm a petite woman," said Kristen Clark, 25 year old Brooklyn student. How do they get a handle on something like this? Some question of cops can stop a random phenomenon. Stop such a random phenomenon. Well, I, yeah, what can they do? I mean, they need to prosecute people to the uh, fullest extent. Yep. And uh, there's no way to search for no, a fist. D- you're wrong. You're wrong. There is a way. What we need to do? We need to have more activities. Needs, these kids are bored. They need to have more things to you do. Mean like midnight basketball? We need to have midnight basketball. We have to have more vigorously and completely fund community groups. Afternoon shot put. Afternoon shot put. Uh, breakfast javelin. Uh, daybreak. High noon high jump. High noon high jump. Yeah, sure. More activities, you say? More activities. And we have to give kids more of a sense of purpose. We need to make them feel like this is an inclusive city, that this is their city. Yes, we need they, to go down to City Hall and, okay, there's all these paintings of old white men. We, why don't we have big, giant pictures of, like, I don't know, just like some black kid. Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> a Chinese girl. Like, we need to have more stuff like that. Yes. Um, we need to have, like, more activities. We have to have Shirley McRae out there kind of, like, telling kids that, yes, you are beautiful. And well, in order to have the activities, we need money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. need money. They need more money. Flowing to the communities. Yes, to all of these community-based organizations. They all need more money. Plus, we have to stop uh, gentrification because it's making kids feel like they don't own their own neighborhoods. The neighborhood sucks. Just let it suck, right? Wow, who white people can no longer seek out cheap rent. Yeah. And um you know, I think that those would be good starts, but that's just a start. We you know, an, oh, one other thing, we have to start having a conversation. <laughs> yes. Because there's certain things we don't recognize yeah. and we need to close our mouths and open our ears in this conversation. And why don't we listen to what these kids have to say? Mm-hmm. This is like that fresh voices column in Parade we were talking about. <laughs> Like why inst- why don't we um why doesn't the New York Times why, does, why doesn't the New York Post have a page just like Fresh Voices like instead of arresting a kid for punching somebody in the face mm-hmm. why not give him a column what? and that would be like his punishment that would be like his way of re- we can repairing. we can ask him why do you believe that you're angry yeah and, and we have to do it without questioning the validity of his anger no 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 and you know what why is there a Shake Shack maybe that we should really question why is there a Shake Shack. Why is there a Shake Shack on water in Old Fulton? Yeah, I mean, that's a neighborhood that um, maybe they should have built a community center for the youth, or maybe they should have built affordable housing there. Oh, but but it's so much more important that residents have hamburgers to eat than we have community activities yeah, for teens. Yeah, but that's the type, but that's a place that... Um, say, a soccer field, you know? Maybe. That they can play on. We have to do three things. We have to open our minds. We have to open our hearts. And we have to open our wallets. Yeah. And we have to open our ears. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to open up 
every orifice. Basically, everything we have they can open and leave it and leave it open and stay open and assume the position. Seth Baron, uh, we'll be reading your stuff at uh, Seth Baron NYC on Twitter. Seth Baron NYC, but go to city-journal.org. That's right? where your stuff is. That's where most that's of my new stuff is. City-journal.org. Yeah, there you go, and that's where you'll find that. Also, uh, you can hear Seth on the latest episode of. Trump. Uh, Aaron Sorkin is uh, just a bit of a he's a, he's kind of a tool. You know what I mean? I don't know if you like um, the West Wing or whatever. You know uh, that was from a few years ago. Apparently, my wife used to to fucking hang out with this guy a little bit. Really? You know, there's a character on the West Wing. They call her, uh, and, and I forget what her name is, but she's some blonde chick based on my wife. Wow. What? They call her Bad Mandy, and it was a nickname. Do they really? Yeah, okay. yeah, like <laughs> behind the scenes. Yeah. So he, Vanity Fair. He writes this piece. Right? This came out the day after the election. The Oscar-winning screenwriter of The Social Network and mastermind behind the West Wing reacts to Donald Trump being elected to 45th president. In a moving letter written to his 15-year-old daughter, Roxy, and her mother, uh, Julia Sorkin. What a load of shit. Okay, so it starts out. <laughs> it's already a load of shit. Sorkin girls. Already, the first two words... The way he refers to his wife and fifteen-year-old daughter, yeah, collectively as Sorkin girls. It's like a it's like a window into this doofus's approximation of take charge manliness. You know, Sorkin. it exudes ego. Yes, it, it's it's maniacal ego. This is how a man behaves when he's freaking out over Hillary losing the election. Uh huh. <laughs> Fire off a quick essay <laughs> to Vanity Fair. Back to the letter to his wife and daughter. You know them as Sorkin girls. He says, well, the world changed last night in a way I couldn't protect us from. That's a terrible feeling for a father. So he needed two sentences to make it about his pain. The first two were both about him. Mm-hmm. Sorkin girls. That's his name. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then, yeah, he makes two sentences both about him. This is megalomania. Uh, right? It's a terrible feeling for a father. Like a father and an ex-husband, by the way. It's because they're not even married anymore. What? So yeah, that's his ex. Wow. And by the way, her name's not even Sorkin either. It's it's Bingham. Well, that's what that's what she thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Dear Bingham and Sorkin, didn't have the same punch. Sounds like you're writing like you're writing to a vaudeville fucking (laughs) comedy duo or something. So in in his next sentence here, I won't sugarcoat it. This is truly horrible. So now that I'm done wallowing in self pity, uh, let's take a moment to wring our hands and fret. (laughs) By the way, uh. Isn't this what, like, libera assholes such as... uh, (laughs) Don't they refer to this as mansplaining? You would think, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, they haven't been involved in all this shit the whole fucking year, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? They're aware. Like, they didn't know. Yeah, they... They they, they, they hadn't heard of the news yet. Who is this Trump guy? (laughs) How can I make this about me? Okay, so he says, it's hardly the first time my candidate didn't win. In fact, it's the sixth time. So I went back. He's born in 61. He voted for, it all checks out, all Democrats. He says, but it is the first time that a thoroughly incompetent pig with dangerous ideas, a serious psychiatric disorder, no knowledge of the world, and no curiosity to learn has. Oh, thank you. Imagine, imagine what would that look like? I love how people are suddenly educated enough to say, well, I, I see mental illness all over this person. And- right. <laughs> Diagnosed from afar, but it's a it's a serious psychological disorder. Yes, what would toxic, it be? Toxic narcissism. Yeah. <laughs> these are people that can't feed their cat on time in the morning. <laughs> uh, thoroughly incompetent pig, serious psychological disorder, who had no knowledge of the world and no curiosity to learn. It's like he thinks it's like he thinks we elected Ron White. <laughs> <laughs> 
President Polly from the first Rocky movie. <laughs> it wasn't uh, any. It wasn't just Donald Trump who won last night. It was his supporters too. Hey, that's us. God bless. Mm-hmm. God bless. It's coming for us now. We did win that night. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I was I'm up still, all night. I'm still feeling it. Such an awesome night. I remember oh. the next day walking around with a big it smile was so on my great. face. Me too. And I didn't even know I was doing it. I just had a spring in my stuff, and people were just so glum. It must have been like the day they announced. The war was over. You know? Germany has surrendered. Now what? No, I can't believe it. See, I don't think so because then they knew Germany was going to surrender. Like for for at least a year or two, everybody knew that they were going to win. This is more like... It's like the Jets game with the Patriots a couple of weeks ago, where there ends up being a touchback. There's some bullshit (laughs) weird ending, you know? You're like, what the fuck happened? Well, more like, oh my God, did you hear Jesus came out of the tomb? (laughs) Just totally unexpected. Supporters won. He said the Klan won last night. That's what he says. The Klan won. Yes, that's right. That was a huge victory for the Klan. Actually, not really, because, you know, according to U.S. News and World Report, a grand dragon in California named Will Quigg in September 2015 had endorsed Trump, but then in March endorsed Hillary Clinton for president. Because he said, you know what? I can tell she's saying one thing and meaning another. Yep. And I like, I like her <laughs> hidden agenda. Oh, okay. And I, they, I was doing a gig in Maryland, and the gig's over, and we're at the bar hanging with some local guys, and the guy goes, "Yeah, you know what's weird? Our friend Pete, he's in the Klan. He voted for Hillary. What's up with that?" <laughs> so I looked at the guy I was working with. I said, "We're hanging with people that hang with the Klan." Yeah, maybe he so, doesn't like super predators. <laughs> That, but it goes to show you how liberal California really is. Yeah. You know, the Klan endorses Democrats. <laughs> uh, so, uh, okay, just to, let's put that whole KKK thing in, in perspective for anybody who doesn't know. And I bet a lot of people listening know. Uh, but this is according to a press release from the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is accuracy in uh, every time. It's, it's actually... Uh, Anytime you read anything attributed to the SPLC, it's it's rounded to the next highest degree of liberal hysteria. Oh, yeah. So the number of hate groups, it says, in the, U- in the United States rose uh, a second straight year in 2016. And it says the radical right was energized by the candidacy of Donald Trump. See, here's the thing. Southern poverty decides who's a hate group now. Exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the ones who decide. They can have as many as they want. That's like we could now assign a hate group. Like a, last week, I was just in a group. <laughs> okay, so this is the part about the KKK. The Ku Klux, it says the Ku Klux Klan is the oldest American hate group, and while the number of active KKK chapters declined in 2016, members of the Klan are trying to regain ground. So the SPLC estimates uh, are five to 8,000 Klan members nationwide, uh-huh. split among many factions. They don't even all hang out together. No. no. Yes. Whenever I hear anyone talk about the Klan, I say, okay, um, one, where's the Klan located? Where's their headquarters? Two, uh, who's the head of the clan? And three, like... Three, there isn't a clan. What have they done? <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't exist. It's like some random guy says that he's the Grand Dragon. It's not like he's elected, appointed. Yeah. And it says right there in the article, it said, though the, the numbers of the clan have gone down, they're recruiting. So what you mean uh, when you say they're energized is that they're actually shrinking. They, they are actually shrinking. Mm-hmm. They admit it there, but they try to twist that. Five right. to eight thousand... Uh, that's, you know what? There may be 3,000. See, now the FBI and the, um, what's Anti-Defamation League? Right. They all agree the number is 5,000. As little as three, no more than eight, but five is what they agree on. But it could be three, yes. Yeah. Five's a good number. But how many of them are, um, FBI informants? 
<laughs> or just FBI agents. That kind of happened in some places with Nazis. You know, they go pretend to be a Nazi, infiltrate, and then like all the Nazis that were real Nazis kind of died down, and then it was all like, informants. Well, when, they, when they tried to prosecute that case up in where was it? And when they took over the um, oh oh in in like Montana, yeah yeah, and or something. And then they tried to prosecute them, but it turned out that half of the people were uh, informants <laughs> or agents. Really? Yeah, so they were like, oh, this is we can't really get anywhere. So that's this. why there was never a shootout. I remember black people saying, if that was black people, uh, right. yeah, because they're all FBI agents, for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. Should have known when there was one named Murray. <laughs> <laughs> if, let's say it is 8,000, 325 million people in the country, mm-hmm. 8,000 Klansmen, that comes out to like 41,000 to one. Yeah. Klansmen to, you know, regular people to Klansmen. Sure. I think you got it under control. Yeah. I, I went, I did the math. If there are 1.4 million transgenders, and if there are 5,000 Klansmen, that's 230 transgenders per Klansman. <laughs> now, but when you cr- see your 230th transgender, you will have seen one Klans person. <laughs> and that's right over on Compound Media slash Highlights. That's how you found it. It's a free podcast if you're into the political side of things. Thank you, Seth Barron. Thanks, Pat. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Is it over?